my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. everyone, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, welcome to December, and of course, welcome to the very last series of episodes that I will be doing for the Full House portion of the podcast. Yes, this one... (laughs) is not got the best title some may even disagree with me on this i put this series of episodes as the not so great of season eight iml meaning in my opinion feel free to disagree with me so we have dj's choice we also have air jesse and up on the roof Now, the reason that I feel in my mind that these fall under the not-so-great-of-season-eight category, I mean, of course, there have been others in season eight that aren't the greatest either, but these ones I just, I haven't watched them in years because I just, they're not favorites of mine. I just, I don't know why. They're just, they don't hold up. Definitely, honestly, if I had to go out of the three, what one I really, really am not a fan of, is this first one called DJ's Choice. I just, at this point, it's been a bit since DJ and Steve have broken up. She's dated Nelson, broken up with him in the very first episode of season eight. Now she's dating Viper. And it's just like, girl, you broke up with Steve because it felt like you wanted independence and you wanted just find yourself I'm, I, that's what I'm guessing but as soon as like season 8 it's like nope we gotta have her paired with somebody so of course the episode I'm talking about is season 8 episode 12 DJ's Choice which aired January 3rd 1995 so yes this was the episode that kicked off the final year of the final season of Full House. That was a long break because episode 11, Arrest Ye Merry Gentlemen, aired December 13th of 1994, and then you're waiting basically till January 3rd till 1990, you know, 1995. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, in this episode, Nelson and Viper compete to be DJ's boyfriend. Well, technically, Viper, what? We'll get to that. And Nelson hires Frankie Valley, who plays himself, to serenade her. And, side plot, Michelle leads the family on, an, on a crusade to clean up a vandalized playground. So we got this episode rated as a 6.6 out of 10. We got 246 ratings for this episode. We got Frankie Valley, who is still alive. Okay. Wow. That's great. I, um, I don't know why I thought he wasn't. Um, 
Francesco Valley Kid at Playground. Oh, so this is his kid. Okay. That must have been a condition. Like, I'll come on the show, but my kid's got to be somewhere in the background. So we got John Tracy directing this episode. Writers, of course, Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Mark Fink. Oh, we got connections here. Cool. Sophie, don't you dare! Don't you dare! Connect us with Sophie's Choice? Are you insane? I've seen the ending of that movie is like the most... How can you compare a woman being forced to give up her children or basically being forced to choose what child she has to give up? And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Sophie's Choice, they take both of her kids. Like, you can't choose, we'll choose for you. Take them both. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, and that, of course, that is said during the time of the Holocaust and everything like that. So, it's like, people don't, and when people, like, use references, like, oh, it was such a Sophie's Choice decision. It's like, do not use that. I get it, Sophie's Choice is a movie, fictional character, but you can't compare, like, oh, I had to choose between McDonald's and Burger King. It was so Sophie's Choice. Like, that is not even in the remote universe compared to being told you can keep one of your kids, the other one is going to go on a train to, you know, you're never, you're not going to see that kid again. Uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Stephanie, I don't know who that is. Uh, must have been much late in the game on 90210. I didn't watch all of it. Uh, Stephanie mentions that the drama in, oh, Stephanie is on Full House. Okay. I was going to say that they're talking about a character named Stephanie. Anyway, <coughs> I do apologize about the coughing. <coughs> Even though this is going up in December, I'm still recovering from something. It's not COVID, but I don't know whether it was uh, a respiratory infection or something, but I'm slowly recovering. Uh, Stephanie mentions that the drama involving DJ and Nelson and Viper is better than 90210. Oh, would you compare that to the Dylan, Kelly, Brenda scenario? I mean, it's basically DJ having to choose between a bland but sweet guy, Nelson, and Viper, who just... This guy, again, I don't... He just, he just seems... Too old for her, and not just based on his age, but just in general. Uh, where he's at, she's still at this point. At this point, she's a senior in high school, but she's 17. He's got to be at least 19, 20 years old. Me personally, I mean, I don't want to choose either of them because. Pff. Okay, we do have a review from Fried Toast 2 This is from April 14th, 2021. 6 out of 10. Very boring. You know what, Fried Toast? I 100% agree with you. I don't care about these two guys trying to get DJ. I honestly prefer Nelson. Honestly, same. If I, if I had to pick, it would be Nelson. 
He's more funny and more likable character to me. Viper is a terrible character, but we, we never learn almost anything about this dude. I guess you could say the same about Nelson, but this is easily a filler episode. It definitely was a filler in Season 8, which I guess pretty much all of Season 8 is, but there's some good ones. The whole story arc of her having to choose is one of the worst in the show. Oh my goodness gracious sake. You are right on, fried toast. Last appearance of Viper. Thank you. Thank you. Ugh. Oh, yeah. A few episodes later, it is mentioned that DJ dumped Nelson again, and Nelson wanted to be platonic friends. This means that after this episode, DJ chose Nelson only to break his heart again. Huh. Interesting. I did not know. <clears throat> so that means when she chose none of them, spoiler alert, in the park, that, uh... She lied to us? Did you lie to us, DJ? You said you were choosing yourself. Goofs. <laughs> On other episodes, when the address to the house is revealed, it's said to be 1882 Gerard Street. But when DJ and Nelson return back to their from their date, the address right near the front door says 1892 instead of 1882. Continuity, when Jesse grabs the hammer, he holds it by the head. In the next shot, he holds it by the handle. Uh-huh. Miscellaneous, when Joey turns on the circular saw, he looks at Jesse while he makes a cut. You should never, ever look away from where you are cutting while you are cutting. Otherwise, you risk injuring your... Yeah, you're using a table saw, circular, what have you. Don't ever... You might want to maybe wear some safety glasses. I'm just saying... Things go flying, boom. You're going to wind up with an injury. I'm just saying. Don't do that. <laughs> just, you focus on what you're doing. Joey and, and equipment like that don't mix. They don't mix. I would not trust him with a circular saw, a power saw, or even a hammer. Yeah. All right, before I get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners, have just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast for the first time, whether it's just recently, within the last week, or several months ago, I want to say welcome. You have a plethora of four years' worth of Full House and Fuller House episodes to peruse. If you want to reach out to the podcast, you can do so via email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com or the podcast Facebook page. Just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Land to Holy Chulipas podcast will pop up. So a couple things if you're a Tanner newbie about this podcast. One of which is, yes, there are many Full House podcasts out there. However... There are a select few of them that are rated clean, which means anyone can listen to it. So, as I refer to mine as a Ears of All Ages podcast, so anyone of anyone can listen. You can listen while you're picking up your kids from school, getting groceries, cooking dinner, wrapping... Well, at this point, this episode's going up in December, so Christmas gifts... Um, I created this podcast because I love the show. I grew up with the show 
And I know that there are those out there that have also grown up with the show, have kids. Maybe you're now introducing them to the show for the first time and you want a safe space that you can listen to my reviews of the podcast and not have to worry about any inappropriate content, explicit language, any of that stuff. So here it is. Now, as you may know, at this point in December, yes, we are getting close to the finish line of the Full House episodes. So, yes, we have the Not So Great of Season 8 with DJ's Choice, Air Jesse up on the roof. And then, of course, the series finale, which I will be doing in just one whole episode. After that... Well, after that, in January, we kick off Fuller House, and I get hit all the episodes that I didn't get to in the last four years, and once that is done, that's going to take us through a good chunk of 2024. Once that's done, I will be uploading more than likely compilation videos um there's some psas out there on full house which are kind of cute so i reviewed those just little things like that now i'm not saying i'm gonna be on here every single week it's mostly going to go down to once a month but i also have been known to do family friendly movie reviews on this channel as well as my Punky Power, Punky Brewster podcast as well. So you can look for those on occasion as well. If you haven't yet and you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, you can do so at iTunes. Just search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Only Land to Holy Tulipus podcast will pop up. In the search bar, scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right, without further ado, let's jump into DJ's Choice. And let's take a look at the cold open that they give us. All right, so we have the cold open here with Michelle and Nikki and Alex. And I like that she's about four years older than them, so she's almost kind of like a big sister to them. And <clears throat> I gotta say, definitely in the last season, it just felt like all about plaid. Especially on Nikki and Alex, but Michelle is rocking the... Now, I don't know if this is referred to as buffalo plaid with the red and the black, but that's the coat that she's wearing, and I... I don't know. I just, I, I love, you all know I love the color red, but I definitely love the red and black plaid. My comforter, my bed sheets are red and black buffalo plaid. So she tells them, all right, guys, it's a big day at the park for you because I'm going to teach you how to swing without anybody pushing you. It's almost like it's the next step in becoming more independent like oh you don't know you gonna get behind me and push i got this you know you just kick back with your feet and you go and then you keep pumping your legs to get higher and higher now i've heard stories of people 
that say they got so high on the swing that they were, I don't know if this even happened, but they said that, you know, it's like, you know, someone who knows someone who knows someone who made it so high up, they went across the top bar. Now, I remember going high enough that the poles would pull out of the ground. Like, I mean, you get going high enough. I mean, you can, but I mean, I don't think there isn't anyone that hasn't swung on a swing as a child and jumped off. That it's basically like your first (laughs) introduction into... Like, getting hurt on the playground is, oh, I fell off the swing because I, I swung too high and I jumped off. And then there's always the stopping, how you're stopping with your feet. And, of course, if this swing set is on grass, it's got you worn away the grass enough that there's just dirt that you're just kicking up. And just piles or just a dust cloud building as you're trying to stop. That is just classic childhood memories there. So both Nikki and Alex are like, impossible, can't be done. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You watch me. I'll show you. Yeah, and she says, all you have to do is learn how to pump your legs. It's not hard. And you're basically doing that anyway when you're on the swing. It's like, Instinct takes over. Oh, she says, all right, so come over here and watch me and do what I do. So she's scratching her nose and kind of rubbing underneath her nose. And, of course, the the twins are, hey, she said, you said, you told us to do exactly what you did. That's exactly what we're doing. Oh, my gosh, she is being such a Uncle Jesse. She even does the, huh? Not everything I do, huh? Just the leg pumping. She explains, because they're sitting on the coffee table, and she says, now just swing your legs in and swing them out. Back and forth, back and forth, just like that. Of course, (laughs) the twin in the red jacket says, but we're not going anywhere. I'm like, I'd be like, buddy, we're not on a swing. We're just practicing. This was practicing before you get on the swing. Of course, the twin in the blue jacket says, told you it can't be done. And of course, the red jacket twin says, see, Cuckoo. I love how their plaid shirts are matching their jackets. It always seems like when they do dress them, they're in either red and blue or green and yellow. And Michelle just crosses around. She's like, oh, you boys. And that was the cold open. It was adorable. Big day at the playground today, guys. I'm going to teach you how to swing without anybody pushing you. Impossible. Can't be done. All you have to do is learn how to pump your legs. Watch me and do what I do. Come on, boys. That's everything I do, huh? Just the leg pumping. Now swing your legs in and out. So we come out of the intro and 
DJ and Stephanie are coming down the stairs in the kitchen, and Stephanie says, hey, thanks for letting me take along with you guys to the street fair. And DJ says, hey, Steph, just remember in the future, the Tilt-A-Whirl and Nachos don't mix. I think you should really be eating. I mean, I get it. It's the appeal of the fair, but it's like, yeah, those kind of foods and rides, it's like... Wait till after you're done riding and then get something, even though odds are you still, your stomach's probably going to be a little queasy from the ride. It's like, just settle, drink some water, let your stomach settle, and then have something. Or just, hey, you're going to have something? I would say the same rule applies with where you eat, and then you wait a while before you get in the pool. Same thing, same concept. Just wait a little bit. Let your tummy settle, and then go on the rides. Oh, she says, yeah, this year, now remember, okay, so they haven't went yet, got it. And Stephanie says, you're telling me, I really like that sweater. So Nelson and Kimmy come in, and I guess Nason, Nason, uh, Nelson's been hanging out with Kimmy, who's wearing a jean jacket, the collar is black and white square racing checkered flag and then she's got I, I honestly like the jean jacket I like the colors there's a star with fuchsia and yellow and burnt orange in the mix there's a twilight zone spinny black and white hypnotizing circle on there it's just very Creative. Now, Nelson's sweater, honestly, it really screams fall because you got your harvest gold kind of dimmed down, and then you got your cranberry red with a harvest gold and like forest green striped collar. So, Stephanie goes up to Nelson and starts kind of waving a hand up and down in front of his face. And he says, what are you doing? And she's, Stephanie says, checking your eyesight. Okay, Kim, Stephanie is dressed like she's going to a all-girls Catholic school. Because she's got the plaid skirt. She's got the black bobby high knee socks or whatever you call them. Speaking of, everyone, just about everyone except Nelson is wearing a form of plaid. Kimmy's also wearing sky blue tights and a red plaid skirt. I guess these are, I don't know whether they refer to these as mini skirts or not. These are not a full, full skirt. And Stephanie says, you've got $8 trillion and you're dating Gibbler. So, and Nelson's kind of thumbs at Kimmy. Kibbler? No, no, no. And Kimmy looks insulted. And he's basically just making a clue. No, we're not dating. We're just friends hanging out. And he even kind of gives her a little light punch on the shoulder. We're just friends. Kimmy swings an arm around his shoulder and says, Oh, well, I was hoping we'd be a little more than friends. Like, uh, husband and wife. 
Nelson can't get from under her arm fast enough as he goes over to DJ. Does not even dignify that res with the response. He's like, so, Deej, I suppose I'll be meeting this guy you've been seeing, huh? And she says, Viper. He's like, ah, Viper. And he says, oh, let me guess. You uh, didn't meet at the library. And DJ tells Nelson, like, hey, he, he plays the guitar in my Uncle Jesse's band. And he's running a little late. Kimmy, of course, stating the obvious. Old boyfriend meets new boyfriend and a very special Jerry Springer. Oh, man, this... Oh! Jerry Springer, R.I.P. Oh, my gosh. That was just... That was a few months ago, I think. I mean, granted, more than a few months ago by the time this podcast episode goes up in December, but wow. Mmm. Also, we lost Bob Barker. In August, and it just... Uh. And here comes DJ kind of also changing the subject. Uh, Nelson, you know that you're going to the street fair with a legend? A local legend. Kimmy won the pie-eating contest three years in a row. So she could clearly give Davy Hogan a run for his money. If you don't know Davy Hogan, watch Stand By Me amazing movie and Kimmy says yeah it's, it's a gift I got it from my mom she can swallow a frisbee hole um I don't think that's a good thing so the doorbell rings DJ excuses herself to go get Viper and Kimmy is gonna go through the tanner fridge like oh well time to warm up the old chops pineapple cheesecake that's for the whole family oh my gosh well, let's at least close the fridge. So let's see what we got in the old tanner fridge. We got several bottles of water. It looks like a giant jar of applesauce. We got yogurt. Could be also cottage cheese. We got honey, which I don't think that's supposed to be in the fridge. There's also a giant jar of smuckers, strawberry jelly, uh, ketchup, just a bunch of odds and ends. And Stephanie warns Nelson saying, this is not going to be pretty. She assumes the position by putting her hands behind her back and just dives in face first into that cheesecake. Thanks for letting me tag along with you guys at the street fair. Yeah, well, this year, remember that nachos in the Tilt-A-Whirl don't mix. You're telling me. I really like that sweater. Thank you. Hola, Deej. El Blondo. Nelson, 
Listen, you know that you're going to the street fair with the local legend. Kimmy won the pie contest three years in a row. It's a gift. I got it from my mom. She can swallow a frisbee whole. <laughs> well, time to warm up the old chops. Hey, pineapple cheesecake. It's not going to be pretty. So, yeah. It definitely sense a bit of jealousy coming off in waves with Nelson. It's like, oh, I guess you didn't meet at the library. It's like, dude, first of all, she doesn't have to explain herself to you. You guys are broken up. You've been broken up. You really don't have a say in who she dates. But, um, yeah, when DJ goes to open the door, Viper immediately walks in, doesn't say, hey, how you doing? Doesn't say hello. Doesn't say I missed you or thinking about you all day. He comes in <clears throat> wearing a yellow shirt. Actually, I wonder if this is the, uh, I think it's just a yellow shirt with a black leather jacket. And he asks, do you believe in being honest? And she even notices, she says, I believe in saying hello. And clearly he's been uh, hemming and hawing about this, uh, thinking about what, whatever's troubling him. Viper says, Deej, I could beat around the bush, I could stall, I could hem and haw. She says, you could just say it. See, she is so much more mature than this guy, and this guy's older than her. This, duh. Yeah, they're supposed to go to the street fair. He's like, uh, okay, I think things between us are moving too fast. And he's like, you probably feel the same way. Like, you need a little room to breathe? And she says, I, I was breathing fine until you started talking like this. Yeah, this just comes out of the blue. They hadn't even been dating that long. He was so all about, I want to tell your dad about us. I want to be honest with him. I really care about you. We care about each other. All of a sudden, it's like, it's moving too fast. I need room to breathe. What, is she blowing up his phone? She's in school and got all these other commitments. Like, dude, if you didn't want to be in a relationship and you just wanted to fling, then you should have just been honest in the beginning and admitted that's what you wanted. It's like, come on. Because apparently to him, it just looks like he doesn't want to be tied down. And he's like, it's just like, one day we meet and then like, boom, the next thing you know, we're a couple. And she is just like confused and upset. Set. She said, has no idea where this is coming from. She's like, so what are you saying? We're like, just like, boom, we're breaking up? What have you been, like, you know what? I'll do you a favor. I'll do myself a favor and just end this. I don't have time or patience to just whatever's going on with you. You want your space? You got it. You got your space. Now you can go. And he says, I guess I am. And yeah, she says, I, I don't understand. I thought everything was going great. Oh my goodness. The oldest line in the book. It's not you. It's me, okay? I just, I, I, I need a little space. I'd be like, you know what, Deej? Don't even with this guy. Don't even waste your time on this guy. He's not worth it. I mean, technically, if you think about it, she and Nelson last, because they dated the entire summer. That's three months. How long has she been with this guy? A month? And he says, I I'm sorry, DJ. I, I gotta go. Do you believe in being honest? 
I believe in saying hello. Deej, I could beat around the bush. I could stall. I could hem and haw. You could just say it. Okay. I think things between us are moving too fast. You probably feel the same way. Like, uh, you need a little room to breathe. I was breathing fine until you started talking like this. Well, it's just, you know, one day we meet, and the next thing you know, boom, we're, we're a couple. So, what are you saying? Boom, we're breaking up? I guess I am. Well, I don't understand. I thought everything was going well, great. It, it's not you. It's, it's me, okay? I just, uh, I need a little space. I'm sorry, Deej. I gotta go. So, of course, Nelson comes in to check on DJ, and he's like, hand over his mouth, like, oh, Gibbler just gobbled that pie in one minute, too. But then he looks and he sees DJ's face. He's obviously visibly upset. But right before that, he's like, oh, well, I guess we, guess we better get going. I mean, where's this Viper guy? And DJ says, oh, he just, uh, he stopped by to say he couldn't make it. And he asks her, are you okay? And she says, yeah, fine. And he, Nelson can read her, like, honey, anybody can see that you are not even in the same room as fine, okay? Clearly, this guy could not deal with a relationship, so he left. And when she says, yeah, I'm fine, he says, no, you're not. What's the matter? And she says, Viper just broke up with me. Um, and she just crumbles, and Nelson is there to pick up the pieces and take her in his arms, and just like, oh, Deej, I'm so sorry. I like how, he, you know, he rubs her back, just saying, it's okay, it's okay, Deej. And she said, you know, I feel awful, I, I never even saw it coming, and of course, it's like, girl, you were preaching to Nelson who knows exactly how that feels. It's, he ended things with, you know, you ended things with him, because he immediately... Like, realizes that's exactly what she kind of did to him out of the blue, just kind of ended things. After she says, I never saw it coming, he, as he's rubbing her back, he's like, I, I know how that feels. And she says, hey, look, if you felt this bad when I did it to you, I'm, I'm really sorry. I like Nelson here, definitely. He gives her good advice. He says, look, the thing to remember is the pain does go away. And she says, I, I hope so. And he says, you know, but it is replaced by this big, empty, hollow feeling. You know, and I gotta say, honestly, I've never, I've never been in a situation like this where someone has ended a relationship with me or I've ended a relationship with them, you know, but my heart goes out to those people that it just feels like the the rug's been pulled out from under you, and you just... And, and not just breakups, but, you know, divorces as well. I'm, I mean, the, the time that you put into a relationship or a marriage, the memories you made, and just all of a sudden one day, it's like... There's always going to be the, what did I do wrong, or I thought everything was fine. How can we fix this? What are you saying it can't be fixed? Why not? You know, and it's just, that's why it's very important to have communication in a relationship. Like, hey, just, 
Especially, it's like, you're both kind of doing your own thing, you both got jobs, other commitments and stuff, and you, and you check in with each other on a regular basis, like, hey, we're good, right? Is there anything going on that I should be concerned about? Anything you want to bring to my attention? Just stuff like that. I mean, that way you know if there is anything arising that hopefully, you know, it's something that can be worked on. Or if you realize, like, you know, we've been at this for a while. Unfortunately, what we're doing, we've tried different things. It's not working. Maybe, you know, and again, guys, I say I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a licensed psychiatrist. This is my own opinion of, but then again, anybody can say this, having not been in a situation, and it's almost like they think, well, you know, oh, you would do this, or you would say that. It's like, until you're in that situation, you don't know what you would do, because probably all logic goes out the window as soon as it happens. Oh, Kibler just gobbled that pie in one minute, too. Just, yeah. <laughs> I guess we better get going. Where's this uh, Viper guy? Oh, um, he just dropped by to say that he could make it. You okay? this bad when I did it to you. I'm really sorry. The thing to remember is the pain does go away. I hope so. But it is replaced by this big, empty, hollow feeling. <laughs> okay, so we're going to the park. What happened here? So, we got what I'm guessing might have been swings at one point, because there are no swings there. It's just like a TP tent pole looking thing. A bench, a green wooden bench that's been turned over. We got someone who just took like trash and just spilled it all over. <clears throat> There's graffiti. Just different. It, it just. Like, basically, when I see yellow and, like, blue, immediately think Walmart colors. Like, did Walmart disgruntle Walmart? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. But it's just, those are the colors, a lot of that. There's a red dollar sign. None of this is really offensive in any way, which, of course, because it's a television show, it's just, like, Names like looks like a Mac or Joe, and there's a heart, and there's just uh, <clears throat> I don't know what that thing's supposed to be. What is that? There's if you guys like remember, <clears throat> especially growing up in the 80s and 90s, playground equipment was basically all metal. Like, if you think you're going down a metal slide in July, not that you're, 
Just any playground. You're not. You're gonna. You're, you better be wearing long pants, cause uh, if you're wearing shorts, I'll pray for you because you will get burned. The back of your legs will get burned going down that slide. Ah. Uh -huh. Just think of the inside of a car interior in Texas in July when it's 104 out. Times that times 10, and that's how hot a metal slide probably most likely would be baking in the sun. Um, I also remember school playgrounds where they would resurface the blacktop and there'd be that stench of fresh tar in the air. Also, yeah, not only was all the playground equipment made of metal, you had wood chips all over the place. That was what you would land on if you fell. Same with, like, the monkey bars. Uh, I think it was much later on that it feels like they went into some type of fake tar turf that was kind of, it was, like, soft. So that way if you did fall, you wouldn't hurt yourself nearly as bad if you landed in pointy sharp wood chips. So we got Danny and Becky there with Michelle and the boys. This is the playground that Michelle, because she's like, my playground. She's probably been coming there for years. Yeah, they could easily set up a swing set. What happened to that little jungle gym thing they had in season seven for the boys in the attic? Didn't they eventually, they probably had to take that apart and take it and put it downstairs in the backyard, but that would have been something. And Becky looks around, she's like, what a mess. So, Red Jacket Twin says, asks Michelle, Michelle, who did that? And she says, I'll tell you who did that. Dad, who did that? And he says, I don't know, Michelle, but sometimes, unfortunately, there's just some people who take out their anger on other people's property. So we see park rules that says no littering, no alcohol, no dogs on leash. Uh, something about music. It says the park is open till 10 p.m. That's late. Yeah, that's when the bad stuff happened. You don't go to a playground at 10 p.m. and not expect there to be something unruly going on. All the twins are like, shame on them! Double shame! And Becky says, you said it, boys. And I just, oh, I feel bad for Michelle. She looks at Danny and says, I want to go home, Dad. And he says, okay, honey, let's go. Let's let's get out of here. Like, yeah, he's probably, I got calls to make. We got to call the city, find out what's going on. Turns out, city is well aware of the situation. And this is not the first part to get hit, so. It says, keep dog on leash. No loitering or... There's another bench that says JoJo XX. Then it says, oh, that metal slide is turned on its side and it says SOS on it. And then there's a part of chain link fence. There's also a teeter-totter. Oh, my gosh. It just looks like someone took a trash can and just, like, sprinkled, like, pizza boxes and other, like, paper bags and stuff all over the place. Playground. Joe, who did that? I'll 
say there's some people out there who take out their anger on other people's property. Shame on you! Double shame! <laughs> guys. I'm gonna go home, Dad. So Danny gets off the phone from City Hall. And we only realize he's talking to City Hall because Joey asks, hey, what's the, what's the word from City Hall? What they have to say? And Danny says, well, the word is there's still 65 vandalized playgrounds. 65? What is this? A trend of 1994? Or 90? What's going on? Yeah, there's 65 vandalized playgrounds that all have to be fixed up ahead of them. And apparently... They've been letting this slide for so many years and decades because Danny says, oh, they're still cleaning off park walls that say disco sucks. And Michelle is like, what, no playground? Nikki and Alex will never learn to pump. They'll never learn how to swing on their own. And I like what Jesse does here. I like he's like, hey, look, if the city's not going to get involved and do this and we got to wait for 65 other parts to get fixed up, I'm not doing that. Let's just get some people together. Let's take action. Let's get the park fixed up ourselves. Every kid has a God-given right to pump. And I like that Danny says, look, we're, we're going to get the whole neighborhood to help rebuild that playground. It's like, so are you paying money for all the equipment you're going to bring in? Or are you going to say, City Hall, give us the money and we'll do it ourselves? They'll be like, get in line behind the other 65 playgrounds that still need to be worked on. And everyone's just going to donate their time. I and mean, if you get at least one person from every house in that neighborhood that they're in, you get a good enough amount of people that'll be able to get that done. Look at these splits. He said, Danny's like, the, the slide's going to be slidier and the monkey bars are going to be m- uh, monkeyer. Danny. <laughs> oh, Danny. Jesse looks at Danny like he's lost his mind. Monkeyer? Even Michelle's like, Dad, please. You're embarrassing yourself. Danny is so hyped. He says, this is going to be the best playground any kid's ever played in. Joey adds, yeah, with big, wide, sturdy swings with plenty of room. The chains don't squeeze your car keys into your thighs. I'll turn and look at Joey like, what? Joey says, well, because kids hate that. Uh Uh-huh. Sure they do. Just the big kids that can drive. Jesse and his shake and his head like, mm-mm. Try again, Joey. All right. Thanks a lot. So, Danny, what's the word from City Hall? Well, the word is there's still 65 vandalized playgrounds that have to be fixed up ahead of us. They're still cleaning off park walls that say disco sucks. No playground? Nikki and Alex will never learn to pump. Oh, yes, they will. Now, if the city's not going to get involved, then I say we take some action ourselves. Every kid has the God-given right to pump. You know what? He's right. And we're going to get the whole neighborhood to help rebuild that playground. The, the slide's going to be slidier, and the monkey bars are going to be monkeyer. Monkeyer? You get the idea. This is going to be the best playground any kid's ever played in. Yeah, with big, wide, sturdy swings with plenty of room so that chains don't squeeze your car keys into your thighs. <laughs> well, because cause kids hate that. So, Nelson comes in with Stephanie and DJ. Nelson has got this 
big stuffed orange gorilla riding piggyback. And you all of a sudden hear the roof and hear it, like Comet appearing out of the ether. And Nelson is like, hey, Comet, how you doing? So Nelson took them to the street fair. Oh, and Kimmy looks dejected. What happened? She didn't win? Has her reign of piating come to an end? And they crowned another champion? Somebody says, oh, I had a blast. Kimmy's like, not me. It was the worst day of my life. You know, if we had a a quarter for every time someone said that on a sitcom or in a movie, we could afford to buy ourselves dinner. Um, <laughs> so Stephanie fills us in saying, oh, you're just bitter, Kimmy, because you were disqualified from the contest. She swallowed a fork? Was it a plastic fork? Because if it's a metal one, you better go to the hospital, girl. Oh my gosh, are we getting a Martin Tanner throwback here? Yeah, we actually get a Free Willy reference. Stoney says, well, on that note, I think it's time to Free Willy. So, <laughs> Comet's still hanging out there on the, uh, the, door, the stoop of the door. And, uh, or on the landing or whatever you call it. And DJ says, oh, thank you for winning me this big, giant, orange, fuzzy monkey. It was so great how you kept trying and trying. And <laughs> Nelson says, yeah, well, I knew sooner or later I'd knock those milk bottles down eventually. $700 later, everybody. He knocked those down. $700? How long was he doing it? For hours? So I'm going to stay here and try and knock them all down. Oh, my gosh. He's clearly not athletically coordinated. That's okay, because he's cute. And he's like, hey, so uh, you had a good time today, right? She's like, yeah, I definitely did, thanks to you. I mean, for a while there, I actually forgot I'd been dumped. And Nelson is just, oh, he's the sweetest. I know he's trying to get back into her good graces. By buttering her up. But he honestly does speak some truth. It's like any guy who would dump you would have to be out of his mind. Well, yeah, you can say that about Viper. That's one thing you can definitely say about him. I'm not a Viper fan, nor will I ever be. And she says, why can't all guys be as sweet as you? Hello, did we forget Steve? Cute, sweet, and an athlete. Not that that matters. And Nelson just, oh, he just cares so much for DJ. He is just smitten and in love with this girl. He says, why can't all girls be as pretty as you? She tell, she says, Nelson, thank you so much for a fun day. I just, it was really great. So she kisses him on the cheek. They stand there. And, of course, she leans in to kiss him. And when they break apart... He asks, did something just happen here? Because, you know, again, they're not dating. They just went out and he helped her get her mind off being broken up with. And she says, I, I don't know. And he's like, well, hey, um, maybe you'd like to talk about it over dinner Saturday night? She's like, yeah, I'd like that. So he trips over one of Nikki or Alex's bicycles. And, of course, that's why Comet was hanging out there, because he went right over to him and started licking his face. Oh, Nelson. Hey, Comet. Hi, Comet. 
Nope, thanks for taking us to the street fair today. I had a blast. Not me. It was the worst day of my life. You're just bitter because you were disqualified from the pie eating contest. Man, you swallow one fork. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time to, uh, free Willy. <laughs> Nelson, thanks for winning me this monkey. It was so cute how you kept trying and trying. I knew I'd knock down those milk bottles sooner or later. Yeah, $700 later. <laughs> uh, so you had a good time today? Yeah, yeah, thanks to you. Um, for a while there, I actually forgot I'd been dumped. You know, DJ, any guy that would dump you would have to be out of his mind. Oh, why can't all guys be as sweet as you? Why can't all girls be as pretty as you? Thanks for a great day, Nelson. I really had fun. Did something just happen here? I don't know. Maybe, um, you'd like to talk about it over dinner Saturday night? Yeah, that'd be nice. <sighs> Great. See you then. So, in the next scene, Stephanie's on the couch flipping through a magazine. DJ comes in. She's wearing a red dress with a black shirt or black top underneath. And she's like, Nelson's going to be here any minute. How do I look? And she spins around and Stephanie tells her, you look like you're going out with a million bucks. And you are because you're going out with Nelson. Three nights in a row they've hung out. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Stephanie's like, I like how she's trying to act all adult. What is this? Like three nights in a row for you two wacky kids? And honestly... There's nothing wrong with comfortable, honestly, because that's what DJ says. You know, it's starting to feel kind of comfortable. It makes me feel like she's going out with Nelson because he's a safe choice. Like, he's not going to hurt me. He's, gonna, he's not Viper. And then she'll be like, well, where's the heat? Where's the passion? Where's the spontaneity? It's like, that's why she dropped Steve. It's because... He's in college, she's still in high school, and they'd been dating for, like, over six months, and it just seems like their relationship has lost a little bit of its spark. It's like, well, that's why you do different things to heighten the relationship. Just have new experiences, like, with the the rock climbing thing, the, the cliff climbing, or whatever she was doing. You know, he, it wasn't really his deal, but, I mean, that's why you go out and you try to, you get out of the, the routine. You try something different. <laughs> Stephanie says, oh, like a big couch filled with money? Steph, seriously. Dollar signs are showing in your eyes, girl. And DJ sits down next to Steph and says, you know, look, it's not about the money. I mean, once I gave Nelson a chance, I saw this whole other side of him. She says how sweet Nelson is and sensitive, and she's like, I could never talk to Viper the way I could talk to him. 
So she goes to open the door and it's not Nelson, it's Viper. So Viper comes in in a sleeveless tank and he's he's got a single rose and he says, oh DJ, I've been walking around for three days just thinking about you. I'd be like, good, you can go leave and don't think about me anymore because you're the one who broke up with me. And he says, and I realize that breaking up with you is the dumbest thing I ever did. So he is like begging her to take him back. And here comes Nelson with a bouquet of roses with a red ribbon on the bottom. So Nelson inserts himself into this conversation, which really he should just not. He says, take you back? There is no way that DJ is taking you back. You're not taking it back, are you? Ugh, DJ just looks so confused. Like, I don't know what to do. Girl, you go out with Nelson. That's what you do. Tell Viper to hit the bricks. Steph, Nelson will be here any second. How do I look? Like you're going out with a million bucks. What is this, then? Three nights in a row for you two wacky kids. <laughs> yeah. Starting to feel kind of comfortable. Like a big couch filled with money. It's not the money. Once I gave Nelson a chance, I saw this whole other side to him. He's so sweet and sensitive, and I could never talk to Viper the way I talked to him. That's him. Hi, Nelson. Viper. DJ, I've been walking around for three days just thinking about you. And I realized that breaking up with you is the dumbest thing I ever did. Please, take me back. Take you back? There is no way DJ is taking you back. You're not going to take him back, are you? They literally get into a tug of war over DJ. Viper's like, DJ, come on, we got to talk. Grabs her by the elbow. And then Nelson grabs her arm and says, no, no, not tonight. We're going out. So Nelson takes charge here. He's like, hey, look, we're going out. You're staying in. You wanted your space, all right? Enjoy the living room. Of course, Stephanie gets up and is like, wow, this is better than 90210. And DJ says, look, Viper, I'm sorry, all right, but Nelson and I do have a date, and we're running late, so goodbye. Are you kidding? Duh, Viper, I cannot stand this guy. He's all like, duh, I don't believe this. What is she seeing, that guy? Well, someone who won't break up with her on a whim because he feels they're moving too fast. He doesn't play games. He's honest with her. And he actually listens to her and cares about her feelings, which this guy definitely does not. And Stephanie's there. She's like, well, let's see. She sees sensitivity. She sees caring. She sees a beach house on both coasts. And Viper says, well, I'm not rolling over for Richie Rich. I'm getting DJ back. No, you're not. DJ, come on, we gotta talk. No, no, not tonight. We're going out. You, on the other hand, are not going out. You're staying in. You wanted your space? Enjoy the living room. This is better than 90210. Sorry, Viper, we're late. Yeah, I don't believe this. What does she see in that guy? Well, let's see. She well, sees uh, sensitivity. She sees caring. She sees a beach house on both coasts. 
Well, I'm not rolling over for Richie Rich. I'm getting DJ back. Let's also talk about something else. Yes, Nelson has money. Yes, he can support DJ if they were to walk down the aisle together. Hypothetically. Never happens, of course, but... Viper, what? He's basically working gigs with Jesse in their band. I don't know what else he does aside from that. But it, just, it comes down to, like, how you treat somebody. And I don't know why. I mean, I if someone ended things with me, I would... No, I would see no reason to take them back. Because it's one thing if you both break up upon mutual agreement. Like, you both agree this isn't working out. We've tried everything. And we just... We both want different things. We're both at different points in our life. That's fine. But just... To break up over, we're moving too fast, I need some space, is garbage. That is a gar- And the whole, it's not you, it's me, that is the lamest excuse. That is a, that is basically a cop-out. Bottom line, Viper does not deserve her. He doesn't appreciate her and doesn't take her feelings into consideration. So, before we even get to the next scene, there's a, oh, what do they call these things? Like, um, some type of footage, stock footage, what have you. But it's nighttime, the city is lit up, you see a bridge, you see the moon. Why does it feel like I'm looking at a bluish-white ghost that's, Standing on top of a building. If you got the DVD, if you got Hulu, you go watch it when Viper says, I'm not rolling over for Richie Rich, I'm going to get her back. Okay, and boom, they go to the stock footage scene, right? There literally looks like there's a ghost on the outside of this building because it's blue and, and white. Like, it, gosh, I, I don't know what that is. It just looks like it's a ghost that's been added in there. I mean, I know about the whole three men in a baby movie where it's like, oh, there's a ghost in this one scene when Ted Danson's character is talking to his mother. When it turns out, no, it was just a standee for, like, that you would use to set up the shots with and everything like that. That had been an urban legend for years. But seriously, go to Hulu, grab your D or grab your DVD and check this out. It is something. If you if you believe it's a ghost, uh, email the podcast or put it up on on the Facebook podcast page because I I something. <laughs> I want to feel I'm not alone in this. Okay, let's move back to the episode. It does say 1892, and DJ and Nelson come back from their date, and he, she says, oh, thanks, Nelson, I had a great time tonight. It seems like that is all she ever says. And he's like, really, you know, you seemed kind of distracted. He says, you seemed kind of distracted during dinner. And she is distracted because she's like, dinner? Oh, no, thanks, I just ate. And uh, he mispronounces Viper's name on purpose. He's like, DJ... Look, I know you've been thinking about that guy, Wiper. And she says, you know his name is Viper. And she just seems conflicted. She says, I really cared about him, and I really care about you. 
Girl, uh, bottom line, it just comes down to how you want to be treated. Do you want to be respected and have someone who really cares about what you think and how you feel? Or do you want someone who's going to stomp all over your heart and play games with you and try to win you back through a song? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, honestly, I would want to go with someone who respects me. Viper just is a garbage human being in my book. And she says, oh, man, and I thought trigonometry was complicated. And Nelson says, hey, look, Deej, I just, I want you to know that I'm here for you, okay? Like, whatever you decide. He's like, well, I mean, actually, I'm going to be at home, but you know what I mean. If you need to call in the middle of the night, you want to talk, I'm here. I mean, I'll be there for you. Uh, she kisses him goodnight, and he leaves. So DJ opens the door, and Viper is there to serenade her with a song. So, yes, he sings a song for DJ that he wrote for her, and he says, Oh, DJ, I miss you so much. And she says, I miss you too. And she goes over and kisses him. So Nelson comes in with his bouquet of roses, says, DJ, you forgot your fool, and he sees DJ and Viper kissing. So Nelson's like, uh, what's going on here? And DJ says, uh, Nelson, this isn't what it looks like. It's like, well, you're not really with either of them. You've just been going with Nelson. You're not actually officially dating. She's not dating anyone right now since Viper broke up with her, but it's just, she's just, it's very wishy-washy here. And Nelson's like, oh, thank goodness, because it looked like you guys were kissing. Again, he, she does not have to explain herself to him, but then again, it almost makes it seem like she's just taking, you know, playing games with him, too, but she didn't actually commit to Nelson. He's just taking her out and just enjoying you know his company and everything like that and dj explains how oh viper was just singing this beautiful song that he wrote for me and nelson's like oh really it must have been tough to sing with your mouth full again the tug of war viper goes up grabs dj by the arm and says dj you don't have to explain anything to him and nelson grabs her other arm and says dj do you know what you're doing this guy hurt you once you don't think he's not gonna do it again so, it almost, <laughs> I swear, the way that DJ nods at Nelson is like, I know, you're right. And then she turns to Viper and says, how do I know you won't do it? It's like, girl, can you not make your own thought process? Why is he doing your thinking for you? I mean, Nelson's just thinking logically, like, hey, any person that was is broken up with, would not just go back to their ex because they wrote them a song and said, I missed you and I can't stop thinking about you. And I made a big mistake. Take me back. Like how DJ says, you know, how do I know you're not going to do that again? At least Nelson was there when I needed him. And then Viper fires back. Well, no, he just came, wedged himself in in a weak moment. Yeah, he's like, oh, he wasn't there for you. He just moved in on a weak moment. Viper, what are you, jealous? And she says, no, it wasn't like that. But then she, I swear this girl cannot keep her thought process. She's, girl, you need to exit yourself from this situation and just distance yourself from these two guys. 
Because she's like, well, I mean, maybe I was a little hurt and confused and vulnerable. That almost makes her th me think, like, she was leading Nelson. Or like, oh, Nelson, you're right, Viper. It's like, girl, can you not form your own thought process that comes out of your own head? Why are you letting these guys dictate your inner monologue? And Nelson goes, he's like, DJ, look, you know it wasn't like that. We have something beautiful between us. And Viper says, yeah, your wallet. And Viper, it's almost like Viper is staking out his territory. Like, listen, I'm getting DJ back. And Nelson says, yeah, well, forget it. DJ knows I would never break her heart, which you did. And Viper says, well, yeah, well, that's not going to happen again. It was, it was a mistake, he tells DJ. And Nelson's like, yeah, you're, the mis you're a mistake. So Viper basically gets in Nelson's face and is like, hey, you want to take this outside? And Nelson's like, I'm not afraid of you. My my chauffeur can rip you limb from limb, pal. So DJ's like, look, it's, stop it, all right? I can't stand to see you acting this way. She says, I I'm going to make a decision. I just need more time. <sighs> she makes the right decision in the end, honestly. Spoiler alert, she chooses herself. Like, girl, I don't think you need to be with anyone right now because pfft, you don't really know what you want. And the thing is, it's just right after Steve, she goes straight to Nelson. It's like she can't not be with somebody. Thanks, Nelson. I had a great time tonight. Really? You know, uh, <laughs> you seem kind of distracted during dinner. Dinner? Oh, no, thanks. I just ate. <laughs> Did you? I know you've been thinking about that guy, uh, Viper. You know it's Viper. And I really cared about him. And I really care about you. Oh, man, and I thought trigonometry was complicated. Look, Deej, I just want you to know I'm here for you. Well, actually, I'm going to be at home, but you know what I mean. Uh... I'll call you tomorrow. Okay. Good night, Nelson. I miss you so much. I missed you too. Deej, forgot your. What's going on here? Uh, Nelson, this isn't what it looks like. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> looked like you guys were kissing. Viper <laughs> was just singing this beautiful song that he wrote for me. Oh, really? Uh, must have been tough to sing with your mouth full. Come on, DJ, you don't have to explain anything to him. DJ, do you know what you're doing? This guy broke your heart once. What makes you think he won't do it again? I know, you're right. How do I know you're not going to do that to me again? I mean, Nelson was there for me when I needed him. 
He wasn't there for you. He just moved in on a weak moment. No, it wasn't like that. Well, maybe I was a little hurt and confused and vulnerable. Okay. You know it wasn't like that. We have something beautiful between us. Yeah, your wallet. Listen, I'm getting DJ back, all right? Yeah, well, forget it. Because DJ knows that I would never break her heart. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen again. It was a mistake. Yeah, you're a mistake. Yeah, you want to take this outside? Hey, hey, I'm not afraid of you. Uh -huh. I'm not afraid of you. My chauffeur can rip you limp from limp, pal. You guys, stop it, okay? I can't stand to see you act this way. No, I'm going to make a decision. I just need more time. All right, so now we're at the park. Everyone is... It looks like they got a new bench. Or they just fixed up the old one and painted it a nice, uh... Or not painted, like maybe stained it or something. Oh, I think they just went out and bought new benches. Becky's got a roller and she's... You don't even see the graffiti anymore because they're painting the walls. Like a nice cream egg white color. So, again, we got we got Becky in flannel. We got some neighbor kid also in, like, a flannel. Joey is, this is a sandbox, which they must have moved the one from the backyard to the park because don't see it in the backyard anymore. Joey's got a hammer, which doesn't belong to him. And when he goes to hammer the nail, Jesse grabs it because it is a Katsopolis hammer. That it's been in his family for generations. Why would you bring that with you? That's about as bad as when Scotty Smalls in the Sandlot brought a signed Babe Ruth baseball to play with and went over the fence. Yeah. So yeah, as he's going to swing the hammer down, he's like, oh, this hammer is a lot heavier than I remember remembered. And Jesse, like, bites Joey's hand. <laughs> like, really? He had to bite his hand to let him tell him to let go of the hammer. And Jesse says, this is not a public hammer toolbox brain. I'd be like, then leave it at home. If you don't want anyone by yourself touching it, then why don't you keep it on your tool belt? Katsopolis family hammer, really. And then he proceeds to school Joey in how his great-grandfather used this hammer to build his house in Greece. Then that is something that is basically an antique and needs to stay at home. Basically, he passed it down to my grandfather to pass it down to my father, who then passed it down to, who basically told me never to let you touch it. Jesse is like weirdly obsessed. I get it as a family heirloom, but leave it at home. He says, I love this hammer. He starts petting it like it's a cat. Joey, I would not even go near the saw. He's like, I'm going to go crank up the saw. That is, unless you have some bizarre emotional attachment to it. Now, Danny is dressed like a construction worker in the fall. He's got the puffy red vest jacket, sleeveless vest jacket. He's got the hard hat. He's got a hammer, which he proceeds to go through his entire tool belt. It's like you were wasting, there, it's, it's honestly, there's not a lot to this episode, and they were just killing time. Hey, there's a swing set. I would not trust Joey with a circular saw or whatever, because that is dangerous. He would lose some digits. <laughs> he also, 
Danny says, hey, I also put together this spiffy new outfit. What do you think of it? What? How do you think I look? And Jesse says, yeah, you look like one of the village people. Uh, so Danny's wanting to build something. Well, go help out the guys with the slide. There's like three of them over there. Or you can help Becky paint. Or you could take over the circular saw so Joey doesn't lose any digits. Hey, he says, I want to, you know, use, na uh, like, tools and, and get dirt near my, not under, near my fingernails. Like, that's as far as he'll go. So it's like, okay, Danny, you want to help take your crescent wrench out of your tool, uh, tool belt. And Danny is like, hmm, where is that crescent wrench? And he's, like, looking from left to right, and Jesse's like, you looking for this? And Danny says, oh, I would have found it eventually. I'm like, sure you would have. Gotta check a diagram? Dude, no, just start hunting around. You'll f Jesse finds it before he does. So, yeah, he gives Danny a very simple job. Go take that crescent wrench that I pulled out of your tool belt and go tighten the... Nuts on the teeter-totter. Joey should just go home, or he should, I don't know. Because all he's doing is looking at a level. He's, like, holding it up and just inspecting it. Because what else was he get? Yeah, at least he's away from that circular saw. Jesse is, like, a dictator here. Like, dude, who left you in charge of getting stuff done? Everyone's working together. There are no managers it's just everyone working together but he sees that danny and joey clearly need instruction and guidance and direction this is a major no-no don't ever 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 look away when you are cutting something with a circular saw he could have literally lost his fingers i jesse left the hammer right there on that sawhorse because, yep, that's what Joey did. Wasn't paying attention, and he basically cut that hammer in half, or at least the handle. It's not like it can't be used. It's got, like, maybe a couple inches on the handle. Like, you could use it for, like, close-up stuff, but... And Jesse hears that, oh, no, from Joey. It's like... Why am I hearing oh no with a person who is just using a circular saw? So Jesse says, did I just hear oh no from a man who is using a power saw? What happened? And Joey says, oh no, just uh, nicked uh, a little bit of my finger. Dude, if you had done that, you would have been screaming. The whole park and the neighborhood down the street would have heard you. And Jesse says, fine, whatever, as long as nothing happened to my hammer. And he grabs it, and he realizes there's a lot less handle on that hammer. Yeah, he's like, uh, don't panic, Jess, you can still use the hammer for, you know, small things. He is so upset, he's like, you know what, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you. You want to know why? And Joey says, because you forgive me? And he says, Jesse says, no. Too many witnesses. I mean, the handle is on the ground. Couldn't you just, like, I don't know, like super glue it or something what about like a soldering gun or something like that couldn't that i don't know this hammer's a lot heavier than i remember ow what this is not a public hammer toolbox brain this happens to be a katsopolis family hammer okay 
My great-grandfather used this hammer to build his house in Greece. He then passed it down to my grandfather, who then passed it down to my father, who told me never to let you touch it. I love this hammer. Okay, all right, fine. I'll uh, just go crank up the saw. That is, unless you have some bizarre emotional attachment to that piece of hardware, too. Okay, Jess, I pick up the supplies. I also put together this spiffy construction outfit. How do I look? Like one of the village people. Come on, Jess, I want to build something. Use tools, get dirt near my fingernails. Uh, take out your crescent wrench. Crescent wrench. Okay, crescent wrench. Let me just uh, check the diagram here. Crescent wrench. I am here. My hammer is here. Uh, left is west, right is east. Uh, four points of a gallon. Crescent wrench. Crescent wrench. Crescent wrench is over here. It is. We would have gotten there eventually. Now, uh, take the crescent wrench and go tighten all the nuts on the teeter totter over there. Sir. Yes, sir. Now I know why they wear these hard hats. I know. Get to work, saw something. Well, you get to work, saw something. Now you'd be bully if I had me scratch it for sure. I saw something, that's right. I'll see what you saw. <laughs> hear an oh no from a man with a power saw? Oh, uh, no. What happened? I, uh, oh, I just took off a little piece of my finger. Oh, wow. As long as nothing happened to my hammer. Uh, Jess, don't panic, okay? It was an accident, all right? Uh, you can still use it. You can use it for, uh, uh, small things like, uh, like thumbtacks, you know? Uh, get, get, get. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you right here. You know why? Because you forgive me. No. <laughs> Too many witnesses. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we go over to the teeter-totter, and we got Kimmy on one end, Stephanie on the other. And I think maybe Danny just tightened it a little too much, because when Kimmy goes down, Stephanie goes up, and, of course, you know, it's a teeter-totter. Stephanie's supposed to go down, and then Kimmy goes up. And Stephanie says, Dad, a uh, great teeter, but I'm not seeing much totter. Danny starts, like, pushing on it. It's like, Stephanie already tried that. Was kind of hopping up and down on it, and it's just, it's not moving. It's like, you probably made it too tight. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> Danny says, Kimmy, did you gain weight? She says, yeah, I'm up to 260 now. Well, better to over-tighten than under when it comes to a teeter-totter. Oh, they're all going to push together, Danny, Becky, and DJ. So they're able to get the teeter-totter down, but it sends Kimmy flying into a tree. And Becky says, excellent dismount. She really nailed that landing. So, Kimmy doesn't have a face full of leaves or anything like that. I mean, she's literally absolutely fine. All right. 
She's tightened up. Let's try her out. Viper wearing what well, looks like a, le a leather jacket, but the sleeves and the collar are leather, but the front and back of it are, again, with a black and red plaid. Everyone, everyone, everyone is literally, they're wearing plaid, even the neighbors that are helping out. It's like a plaid festival. So, yeah, DJ's concerned, like, Viper, what are you doing here? And he's like, DJ, you won't talk to me. You won't return my calls. Like, yeah, there's a reason. You need to, I feel like, guy, you need to let it go. And he says, I gotta know, what's your decision? And then, boom, here comes Nelson with the white turtleneck and the vest. What? Did they follow each other? Did Nelson follow Viper here or what? He's like, DJ, we have to talk. Guys, I told you I haven't made a decision that yet. You need to chill. Just believe me, I've been agonizing over this, okay? Really? You have? Oh my goodness. She says, it's not like picking out a pair of shoes. She says, I want to make the right choice. And she's like, look, I haven't made a decision. I'll let you know when I do, okay? Do not push. And Nelson says, look, that's good because I, I might not be able to write a song for you, but... Or sing it to you, but I can show you how I feel. And he's like, alright, you've heard of the four seasons, right? And she's like, summer, fall, winter, spring. And he says, and Frankie Valley. Four seasons playing, can't take my eyes off you. Play, playing over, and apparently he had the, the park wired overnight with speakers. <coughs> I gotta say, the best performance I've ever son, son, seen, heard of this song would have been 10 things i hate about you from 1999 heath ledger singing that to julia stiles's character it was so good and then there's also in the deer hunter movie with christopher walken singing this song while playing pool so where is frankie valley's son i'm just curious i wouldn't know who he is and he comes out and says, I love you, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it. But he, th he goes over to Becky, and Nelson's like, no, her, over here. So Frankie Valley like, pushes Viper out of the way. And the whole, like, the family and the group of neighbors all kind of circle around them and watch the performance. This guy, he's, like, moving Nelson closer to DJ, and Nelson puts his arm around DJ, and it's just like, ugh. I just I don't like this episode. So, yeah, it was a quick song, and she says, oh, that was so beautiful, I don't know what to say. And Frankie Valley says, say yes to Nelson. He's a nice guy, and he pays in cash. First, Danny has to get in here, like, oh, excuse me. Hi, Mr. Valley. I'm a huge fan of yours. He's, like, backing up Frankie Valley, and <laughs> Frankie Valley's, like, trying to get away from him. 
He's like, I, I, my name is Danny Tanner, and, and Becky is there, like, probably trying to get Danny away from him. So Viper, oh, Viper's all like, DJ, how can you compare buying a love song to writing one? Well, there's a big difference. You broke her heart. Nelson didn't. And Nelson says, look, feelings are feelings, and right now I think DJ knows who loves her. I'm like, God, I'd be like, you know what? Enough pressure. I can't take this. I'm choosing neither. Yeah, they're both talking for her. Like, she, just, she doesn't get a say. Like, hello. Because Viper says, and that's why she's leaving here with me. Again! With, like, yanking on her, playing tug-of-war. Like, she is not a piece of property. She's a human being. She says, don't fight over me. I'm not a trophy. Why does this feel like Jasmine from Aladdin? I'm not a prize to be won. <laughs> She says, I can't take this pressure. If you're forcing me to choose, then I choose neither of you. Thank goodness. Her heart belongs with Steve and the father of her children, Tommy. All these two guys are doing are just arguing. Like, I blew it worse. No, I didn't. Guys. Worst outfit of the episode is going to Nelson, hands down. Good golly. That white turtleneck and that vest ugh. yeah Frankie Bell is like guys look you broke you both blew it worse okay now can I get paid please yeah he's like I still get paid don't I I wonder how much he paid Nelson paid Frankie Valley DJ, you won't talk to me, you won't return my phone calls. I gotta know. What's your decision? DJ, we gotta talk. Guys, look, believe me, I've been agonizing over this, okay? But it's not like picking out a pair of shoes. I want to make the right choice. And I'm sorry, I haven't made a decision yet. Well, good. Good, because I, I, I just want to let you know that I might not be able to write a song for you or sing it to you, but I can definitely show you how I feel now. You've heard of the Four Seasons, right? Summer, fall, winter, spring? And Frankie Valley. Where's the music coming from? I had the park wired last night. I love you, baby. And if it's quite alright, I need you, baby. To want the lonely nights. Just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. Why wanna hold you so much? At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, that was beautiful. I don't know what to say. Say yes to Nelson. He's a nice guy. And he pays in cash. <laughs> 
excuse me, Mr. Mr. Valley. I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. I really am. I, my name is Danny Tanner. DJ, how can you compare buying a love song to writing one that's from the heart? Hey, hey, feelings are feelings. And right now, I think DJ knows who really loves her. That's right, and that's why she's leaving here with me. Yeah, in your dreams. Yeah, in your nightmare, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that jacket, you're no, not... Yeah, that's enough, okay? Don't fight over me. I'm not a trophy. I can't take this pressure. If you're forcing me to choose... I'm sorry, I'm choosing neither of you. I blew it. No, I blew it worse. No, 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 I blew it worse. No, I definitely no, Don't tell me you blew it worse. See what I, I know that I blew it worse. Blew it? No, 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 I blew it worse. Guys, you both blew it worse. I still get paid, don't I? <laughs> Thank goodness. Goodbye, Nelson. Well, no, we see Nelson later. Um, but goodbye, Viper. Goodbye until season two of Fuller House. And he's even more pathetic there because he buys alcohol for his underage manager at Foot Locker. Mm. So, Becky comes over to see how DJ's doing. Like, hey, DJ, okay? Okay, seriously? No, you didn't blow off two great guys. You blew off well, one great guy and one guy that needed to just be out of the picture forever. No, DJ, you're not out of your mind. And Becky says, you know, it may not seem like it right now, but you did the right thing. Really? I mean, what if she had been with one of them and then, boom, Steve shows up? Well, although that wouldn't have happened at the very end if she had been with one of them. But then she wouldn't have gotten together with uh, Tommy Sr. and had Jackson and Max and Tommy. And she wouldn't have eventually married Steve. And Becky says, you know, Nelson and Viper are both nice guys, but if either of them had been the guy for you, you would have known it made the choice. She says you would have been able to choose one if one of them had been right for you. And I love what Becky says here. You're a smart girl, girl, Deej. Listen to your heart. But this is what I love. Don't ever settle. And that is a lesson not just in a love life, but in life in general. Don't settle because you think you can't do any better. Yes, you will. You'll find that guy for you. You'll make three beautiful babies and you will find re be reunited with your former love and walk down the aisle together. And Becky says, I know. You will. I sure did. And let me see Jesse with the boys on the swing. Aww. And I love how Michelle's like, there you go. Pump your legs. You're doing it. I love how she feels like she is a part of it, because she is a part of this. You know, she got them all pumped up and ready to go. It's like, there you go, you're doing it. Just like I told you you would. And I love how one of the twins says, we are big boys now. It's like, well, yeah, that's a step in the right direction. Learning how to swing on your own. You don't need assistance anymore. So as we pull back on the camera, we do see some people using the teeter-totter. Someone's using the slide. And it's interesting how there's a swing set with only you know, two swings. That's basically you're going to have a line building. Hey, DJ, all right? And Becky, I just blew off two great guys. I'm totally out of my mind. No. It may not seem like it now, but you did the right thing. I did? Absolutely. Nelson and Viper are both nice guys, but if either one had been the guy for you, you would have been able to choose one. You're smart girl, Deej. Listen to your heart. Don't ever settle. Thanks, Aunt Becky. Think I'll ever find that guy for me? Oh, I know you will. I did. 
What's so funny? the episode i hope you enjoyed it so best outfit of the episode i definitely have got to give it to i like i'm gonna be a little biased here because you know love the color red in the park stephanie's got a red plaid long sleeve shirt on and i absolutely adore it love it love it love it um Next one, of course, is going to be, you know, I really, I liked the boys' jackets, the red and the blue. So they're combined for a second. Uh, worst outfit, of course, I'm going to give it to Nelson's white turtleneck and then the, uh, the vest. And then, well, that's worst outfit of the episode. And then runner-up is going to be DJ's outfit. Like, ugh. Honorable mention, even though I don't like Nelson, is going to be his red and black checked plaid leather jacket. Really liked it. Honorable mention worst outfit is going to be Viper's sleeveless green tank top. Like, ugh. No, thank you. Tanner Teachable Moment, honestly, is just kind of like what Becky said. It's like, don't settle. If neither of them are who you are at wanting, then the thing is you're going to know. Instinct is going to kick in. That if there's a reason, like, you're not choosing, it's because neither are right for you. And when it comes to Jesse, if you <laughs> leave your heirlooms at home, I don't care if it's a you're going to fix up a park and you got a, a, a hammer with you. If it's... Handed down from generation to generation. I'm sure they didn't want you using it. Or a chance that you could risk breaking. You want to work in, a, in the yard and use it? Great. But don't. Uh, that's just too much of a risk. I wouldn't even use it at all. I mean just make a shrine to it. Or, or just have it under glass. Or just have it somewhere where you could take it out once in a while. And admire it and everything like that. But I wouldn't take it out and like actually use it. But that's just me. Alright, next episode I'm going to be covering in the not-so-great of Season 8, in my opinion. Season 8, Episode 16, Air Jesse, which aired February 7th, 1995. After being recruited by DJ to play in a charity basketball game, Jesse gets tips from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I gotta say that apparently Jesse lost any basketball skills he may have had in season one because apparently he cannot make a basket then why was he in season one when cousin c played by kirk cameron came to visit he and danny and joey and steve all went and played basketball we didn't see it but clearly he had some prowess of how to play the game maybe in seven years of being married and had children he he forgot how to shoot a basket i don't know but that is the episode I'll be focusing on next week. Again, I hope you all enjoyed the episode and have a great weekend. Bye-bye, everyone.